This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty, welcome to another year of Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher hanging out with, uh, well, not the lovely Mary Goulet, because she's out doing her volunteer work in the world. Uh, but I got the very handsome Devonair Richie Ote. What's up, babies? Why, thank you. Thank oh, you. are you? Hello. All right, Wade, by hook or by crook, we got to bring Derek on. That's the plan here. <laughs> so we got the one and only Derek Rydell joining us. And, uh, you know, he's coming from, uh, I'm not exactly sure where he's joining us from, but it's uh, it's going to be what it's going to be. And we're going to bring him on. And here he is. Derek, what's up, buddy? Hey, my brother. How you doing? It's good uh, to be here. Yeah, man. All good, my friend. So, Dude, you have got uh, the the most amazing book on the planet, uh, which is Emergence. And by the way, congrats on... Have you seen that that book is in uh, the Amazon stores? Have you seen that, dude? I have, yeah. I've been getting people sending me posts from New York and San Diego and various places where it's at. So yeah. Awesome. How cool is that, man? That's got to make you feel pretty proud, right? Because, I, mean, that, that, I mean, that's a seminal work, dude. I, and have you read it? It's a really good book. I haven't read it personally, but I've heard, yeah, I've heard it's really good. Yeah, it's a, it's a book called Emergence by Derek Rydell. It's, uh, it's supposed to be really, really good. So, uh, no, dude, but seriously, that's uh, that's amazing. I mean, they only have a handful of books in those stores, so congrats on uh, on getting it in there. So yeah. for, let's, um, I think it's probably partly because it's got, like, I don't know, 400 reviews, five-star reviews or something on Amazon. So I think that is sort of what tricks. Is that what it is? I don't know because I, I mean I I paid for like three thousand of those and I'm still not in the Amazon store, so I don't know, dude. Whoever you bought uh, those reviews from, it's pretty impressive. Good job. Oh man! All right, so I want to do this. We've got a lot of ground to cover here, and we talked a little bit about um, emergence and just your general principles and and so on in the uh, in the last hour. So we've covered a lot of ground here, and now we've got a bunch of questions for you. But I, I want folks to understand who you are and what you were doing and kind of where you came from. So just. Give us the uh, the the, the one-minute Derek Rydell story, just so people understand kind of who you are and where you're coming from. Well, yeah, what I, what I talk about in Emergence and, and the story I share from that particular uh, journey was how for so many years I struggled to improve myself <clears throat> to, I guess you could say, reinvent myself. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, actually, I probably would have been much better off reinventing instead of improving. And after a decade of self-improvement, the only thing I'd improved was my ability to describe why my life was so messed up. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I got really good at that, but I, I felt more frustrated, more inadequate, ultimately got addicted to drugs and alcohol and almost died of an overdose. And that wasn't enough to crack me open. My head is pretty thick. And <laughs> so I just thought I needed to work harder, work smarter, attract faster and bigger, and uh, found myself a few months later on the set of a movie I was in and everything started going south, falling apart. They fired the director. I was like, I cannot catch a break here. And I decided to go diving in a coral reef alone. My first problem. And then I prayed to get lost from everything above my second, very, very bad problem. <laughs> Cause you got to yeah. be careful what you pray for. And I got stuck in a coral reef and I got trapped underwater and fire coral, spiked coral, you know, could be skewered, punctured at any, at any turn. I couldn't get out. Nobody knew I was there. And at some point I knew I was going to die. I knew I was going to drown because I was exhausted and I was stuck. And in that moment of complete surrender, something finally cracked open in me. And I had this vision and this awareness 
And in the next moment, I was out of that pocket of coral, standing outside on the coral looking in. And the guy that swam in was not the same guy that eventually swam out. So it radically shifted my life. Mm -hmm. And I ended up trying to become a monk and cloistering myself in my apartment to understand what the heck just happened to me. And that's when I discovered the principle of emergence and saw that, you know, life doesn't happen to us. It happens through us. That just as the oak tree is in the acorn, it emerges from the seed, that the same thing happens for us, that we are in an emergent universe. And um, it changed my whole life. You know, I began sharing it and practicing it, and I went from being broke and broken and literally suicidal living on 19, 19 cents boxes of macaroni and cheese to yeah. ultimately, you know, million dollar homes traveling the world and all that. So that's what led me to become known as the law of emergence guy and have the book emergence. And, uh, and then along the way teaching that I discovered within that was really the principle of abundance and that there's a core piece of the emergence framework that is kind of the key to how all abundance happens on the planet. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what led me to ultimately write my new book, The Abundance Project. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And thanks for sharing the uh, the backstory around that. And and just so just so I'm clear here, you know, like, uh, like I, I kind of created the law of proaction. A lot of people talk about the law of attraction. I created the law of proaction. Like, you, you know, you got to take action to get shit done, right? I mean, right. Like, you're not, you just right. can't sit there and, ooh, come into my life. So did you, yeah. did you make up the law of emergence kind of thing? Or is that something that came from uh, you know ancient history it emerged from him did it right did it emerge it, from it you emerged, or it emerged from me yeah no i um yeah no it, it emerged i mean i was it was all during the hype and frenzy of the law of attraction stuff and i was going through this breakdown and breakthrough and i realized they're getting it wrong that it's not it's not being attracted to us it looks like it's attracted to us at the relative level of cause and effect in newtonian physics there is like attracts like, but at the quantum level, there's just one. Mm-hmm. There's just oneness. There's just a field of infinite potential and infinite ideas, like a field in nature planted with all these seeds. And when the conditions are in alignment with the pattern of the seed, its potential naturally emerges. And I'm like, you guys are getting it all wrong. It's already in us. And then I also saw that most of the efforts to strive and struggle and attract create most of the resistance that blocks the natural emergence process. Mm-hmm. That's what I had been doing to myself. All of my striving to get stuff and attract stuff was creating a, a, a mental, emotional uh, belief and pulling me out of alignment and out of integrity with what the truth was. Because when you believe something's outside of you that you have to attract, you're saying it's separate from you. You're saying you don't have it. And even if you, through sheer power, manage to manifest that bigger paycheck, you often find yourself just broke at a higher income bracket. Mm-hmm. Or you manage to manifest the new mate, you are in the same arguments three or six months later. And so whatever it is, <clears throat> you end up magnifying the problem oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And when I, what I found with the emergence work is it's already here. And like radio, you know, we're on a radio station and this radio signal is invisible and it's literally everywhere for miles and miles and miles. So right where we are right now, we're, we're sitting in a 
sea of broadcast. But none of it is manifest except the one we're tuned into. Mm. And when we tune into and our vibration is aligned with that frequency of that broadcast, i.e. tuning our dial on our radio, that station becomes manifest. Yeah. Right? It was already there. It just wasn't manifest for us until we were in alignment with it. And once we are, we have a manifest station. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that's the truth about everything else that we're trying to create in our lives. The, the, the abundance, the wealth, the health, the happiness, the love, the joy, it's all broadcasting right here. But we have to come into alignment with it. And if we're trying to struggle and strive and attract, we're often tuning out of that station. You know, we tune away from station K-Rich, K-R-I-C-H, and end up tuning into K-Lac and by all of our efforts. So this is, for me, what turned it all around. And, and as I started to do it this way and come into alignment with what was already true about me, my life started unfolding and emerging. And then, yes, I used the term. I was like, it's not the law of attraction. It's the law of, of, of emergence. You know, mm-hmm. I found myself kind of playing with the words and going, it's emergent. It's emergent. Um, and then you look at the Big Bang. The Big Bang wasn't, there was this thing over here, and it attracted a bunch of planets and stars to it. There was nothing. And out of the void, the womb of creation, everything exploded. Everything emerged. Yeah. And that, that's the same way that nature does it, and that's the same way we're designed to do it. It was funny. I don't know if you heard the hour before when Steve and I were talking, we were just referring back to some of your work. Derek's a busy guy. He was not tuning into the uh, hour before. Uh, who no. knows? Who knows? Come on, man. It might have just emerged. <laughs> let's, let's presume he missed it. But... But I literally was joking with Steve. I, I say it's a never-ending. I'm super excited, fanboy over here. Uh, I say it's a never-ending expression of the Big Bang. That's what's happening right now. Exactly. Exactly. And, exactly. You know, when you we're having it. kids, and, and I jo- the joke was, why do you think they call it getting banged? You know, huh? <laughs> That's you right. Know, I, you know, you just, it's a never-ending you, it's it's similar. Why do the brain synapses look just like the universe? Like it's it's yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you you nailed it. You nailed you nailed a couple of things I think are so critical, and that is that you know we've been conditioned to believe, and it's the scientific materialistic dogma that that material materiality matter is the foundation of life. Right, that's the scientific dogma. Matter is the foundation, and consciousness or intelligence or whatever is an emergent property of matter. And you know that's that's the scientific dogma. They don't they don't believe consciousness exists separate from matter. They believe consciousness is an emergent property or result of atoms smashing together and in, in, in turning into cells, and then cells in the brain smashing together, and somehow that produces intelligence or consciousness. So they don't believe in that, that there's in this, something invisible that could possibly produce something visible. However, the irony is they also believe in the Big Bang, which is where everything came out of nothing, mm-hmm. where all of this stuff came out of non-stuff. So they believe that, and they don't realize that in believing that, it's a complete contradiction. You can't believe both. You can't believe in the Big Bang and believe that matter is the foundation of life. Yeah. You have to understand that consciousness or intelligence or something that is invisible, that cannot be measured, 
is the actual foundation and source of all that is visible and is measurable. And then you realize, like you just said, the Big Bang as a metaphor is the way we were designed to create and manifest in our life. In other words, we're not supposed to try to be creating something based on what's already here. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to realize that no matter what's here, no matter what conditions we're facing, we can create a whole new universe out of the nothing that's, that's within this field that we're a part of, the same way the universe created. Yeah. So, so that's, and that's, that's the ultimate power, that no matter what we've been conditioned to believe, if you don't have enough money in your bank account or your body's this way or your business or the economy, you're screwed, and you have to adapt to circumstances and shrink to fit and conform to get along and, and that, you know, you have to wait for things to get better, to have enough time, energy, money, support. That's all BS. That's false. It's a mm-hmm. belief system. Mm-hmm. And that, in fact, none of that has any power to determine who we can be, how we can show up, and we can reinvent and re-express and expand our potential regardless of what conditions we face. And that's the real promise of the abundance principle that I talk about in this new book. Yeah, no, I, and, and definitely want to get to, to that new book. But, um, you know, look, you know me well enough to know that I'm going to ask you some things that you probably wouldn't get on other shows, and we'll, we'll, we'll oh, have I, an opportunity. I, you're expecting I, that. I, I, I want, <laughs> He's wondering I want why that. they haven't, yeah. haven't yet. Yeah. Um, no, I want, I want, I want you to, to challenge. I want you to take those curveballs. Yeah. I can, I can, I can flow with whatever. Yeah, man, and, and there, we definitely want to talk about your 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 new work, and and of course, I'm I'm excited to share your new work with uh, with my folks as well as I know you're so excited to get this out to the world. Uh, but be, before we jump to that, I, I just wanted to ask you a, an important question here, really, because I know that you posit that um, you know really we're, we're we're kind of perfect as we as we already are, right? And then basically that the law of emergence gives us the opportunity to to embrace the fact that we don't lack anything, that everything we already need to fulfill our full potential is already inside of us. So why do you think, or, you know, you said life doesn't happen to us, it happens through us. So I know, you know, in your, in your personal life, you've, you've, you've had your own struggles, man. And, and, and even from a relationship standpoint, yeah. And, and even as you would consider yourself to be a, an awakened person, right? This, you know, this is the spiritual, woo, you know, awakened, emerging side of you. I mean, this is not a new thing. You've been doing this now for for quite some time. And, and, and you would think with all of that awareness and with all of that, uh, you know, I, look, I don't think that we ever get to, to being enlightened. I think that's just a myth. I don't think anyone's enlightened necessarily, but... Certain people, I think, have uh, a greater degree of enlightenment, if you will, than others. Right, right. But you, you I mean, you yourself have struggled on a personal relationship during this period of time when you yourself <sighs> were teaching this and 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 enlightened, totally. if you will. So, how is that possible if you're perfect as you are? Why why would you have struggled in in? And you can share as much or as little as you want around that, but I just. I think for those who are feeling like, you know, look, my, my I, I don't feel perfect as I am. And I, and I right. don't see how that's even possible right. that I'm creating a bigger hole for myself, right? I'm going deeper down the road. Like, what do you say to them and how does that tie back to some of the struggles that you've had? Yeah, it's such a great question. It's, it's maybe one of the most important ones 
one of the most important areas that needs healing when it comes to the whole self-help, self-improvement, spiritual, new age, you know, gobbledygook kind of environment, because there is this belief that, you know, the challenges, the pain, the struggles that, you know, these enlightened people or these spiritual people or these guru people, they don't do that. They don't have any of those problems anymore. And that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the thing about it is, it's okay, so the truth about that we're perfect means that there is, that the truth about us, the real us, the, the self that I saw when I was trapped in that reef and, and about to die and I had a vision and I saw the self that I was trying to fix and improve and saw that he was just a, a fictional character, an amalgamation of peer pressure and parental fantasy and societal conditioning, and nothing I ever did was ever going to make him enough. But right behind him, there was this other self that had never been hurt, so he didn't need to be fixed, and he was already complete, so he could not be improved upon. But it wasn't a self like, it wasn't like Derek Rydell. It wasn't a personality construct. It's, it's a divine idea, for lack of a better word. Plato calls it the perfect forms, the realm of the perfect forms. And so there's, there is, just like in the acorn, there is the whole perfect pattern of the oak tree. And, or, you know, like, you know, when we talked about the radio analogy, you have a great song playing, and it's playing perfectly and in high definition, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing, and you're trying to tune in, but your radio receiver is kind of going in between stations, and they're static, and it's coming out not so good, and you don't have really good speakers, so you can't hear the full body of it. These are analogies around even though who we are in essence is a perfect idea that can never be diminished, can never be added to or diminished, there is a process of, 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 of coming into greater and greater alignment with it and allowing it to unfold. What we call evolution, nothing can evolve that hasn't first been involved. You can't evolute if it hasn't been involuted. So there's a divine idea or a perfect pattern or a seed pattern. And it's infinite. So there isn't like an end to it. It's not, there's not like a, what happens when I say we're perfect is we immediately are projecting our materialistic paradigm on top of that. And we're trying to see like the idea of a perfect person. That's not what we're talking about. Um, it, it is an idea. It's, it's, it can't even really be described in language. It's a vibration. It's a frequency. It's a pattern, whatever mm-hmm. words we want to use. But it's forever unfolding. But okay? And, and, just, and just I want you to, if you don't mind, just talk a little bit then about your struggle through that. Yeah, Because, right? again, let, let's bring it kind of back down Can, to that. Yeah, Rich. I just want to say one thing because yeah. in your question was the presupposition – in your question, Steve, yeah. was the presupposition that struggle is an inherent imperfection, right? Like – Correct. You know what I'm saying, Derek? Mm-hmm. Like he's assuming in the question by the way he's asking the question that and I think every story we've ever been taught from Bible to whatever, like struggle is part of even the butterfly. Mm-hmm. If you cut the chrysalis open, that butterfly will die in the struggle yeah. of it trying to open the chrysalis. It's how it gets its blood to its wings and it can do its thing. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. Well, it's, it's, I think the challenge is, yeah, we're trying, we're projecting 
our time and space limited, materialistically minded paradigms and thinking perfection is this static state where there's no more challenge, no more growth, no more potential. And that's not what it is. Um, It's this dynamic dance. I mean, even chaos theory, what we used to think was chaos and and a thing that was bad, if you get back far enough, you see there's actually a larger order that is always emerging in the midst of chaos. They even finally created a new word called chaotic. So it's the same thing with us, that there's this grand perfection can never be arrived at, but it's, it's a dynamic state of never-ending unfoldment. And the, what we call the problem or the challenge, like in my place, the crisis, the breakdowns, the, the really difficult stuff, um, what makes it suffering and so bad and creates resistance and makes us stuck is all of this judgment. Oh, my God, how could I be going through this again if I'm supposed to be more conscious? Or I've already done this. Why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong? Where did I sin? You know, all of this, my bad karma, all of this nonsense. But if you look at nature, nature has all kinds of really intense, dramatic, cathartic stuff that goes on as part of the natural order. It needs a forest fire to burn down and burn away and open seed pods. It needs really, really difficult soil in certain plants. It needs storms to do the work to bring, you know, clear away all the dead brush and wood. So you look at nature, it's incredibly violent. And, but there's, it's doing a natural process. It's allowing for the continual unfoldment of that idea or of that potential. And I jokingly say that, like the jack pine needs a forest fire. And if, if the jack pine had self-consciousness like us and was trying to you know, grow and live a great life, it would create a vision board where there was never any fires in the forest. <laughs> and, and then as a result of that, it would, it, it would die out. It would, actually, it would eventually kill out its entire you know, species. Mm. Um, or I, I joke about the seed. You know, the seed, if it tried to grow the way we think we're supposed to grow, it would pray away all the dirt, and it would affirm, there's no dirt in sight. There's no dirt. I'm clean. I'm clean. There's no dirt anywhere, because the dirt is smelly and gross, and it's basically everything that is decayed and rotted and dark. It would pray it all away, and then the sun would come out and shine its golden light on that seed and burn it to a crisp. Mm-hmm. And so the seed buries itself in the dirt and makes it not a tomb, but a womb. And also... The seed doesn't just grow up to the light. It grows down, down, down into the dark. And the deeper the roots, the taller the shoots and the richer the fruits. Mm. So we've been taught in, in, incorrectly how we're supposed to grow. These challenges and problems we face are like, okay, here's my, my spiritual trainer coming to help me grow new muscles and get stronger so that I'll be ready for the next level of my, my life, my unfoldment. And so for me personally, let's just bring it down now to real personal stuff. Um, I think what you're referring to, one of the things you're referring to is the end of my marriage yeah. after 20 some years. Yeah. And yeah, sure. uh, so, so from a, to apply these principles in a personal way, there was a period within that marriage where as a lot, a lot of them do, the, 
the honeymoon is over and the challenges start to come up and you're trying to recapitulate your childhood traumas and issues as a way to ultimately heal them. And so I began to do that kind of work and it worked for a while. And at a certain point, um, I was caught by some really strong wounds and old shadows and um, found myself constantly trying to prove myself and prove that I'm not what she thought I was and all of that. I remember one day sitting at the breakfast table and listening to her and deciding not to defend myself. And, and, I, and I listened for what was the guidance. Instead mm-hmm. of fighting her in what's called shadow dancing, where it's just the friction of the fictional characters bumping into each other, I, I just listened as if the universe was giving me valid information, even though I didn't like the way it was being delivered. And I wrote it all down, and I began a journey of taking 100% responsibility and as I did that work and owned those parts of me, little bit by little bit, there was less and less buttons in me. There was less and less conflict in me. And we stopped fighting for the most part. Or when she would try to start a fight for whatever reason, it wouldn't push my buttons. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was funny because I would find sometimes I would just sit there and not say anything. And she would just spin up the same script, even though I wasn't even playing my part. Yeah. And I, that's when I really got that we were both just living in our own scripts and projecting. Mm-hmm. But the point is all of that challenge was when I embraced it, understanding the principles of growing through challenge and using these forest fires to grow, I got stronger. I felt more love in me and even more love for her. But this is what I teach people whether it's the job you don't like or the relationship that's not working, your job is to ask if I was living in my ideal life, my ideal job, my ideal relationship, who would I be? How would I feel? How would I show up? And then your job is to begin to be that person, to begin to activate those feelings and to begin to show up that way at that job, in that relationship. And what will happen is a couple things. Either one, as you really show up, that individual will begin to rise to meet you because you're no longer waiting for them. You're not depending on them. You're not trying to change them. You're becoming the change you want to see in that relationship or job. That person or situation will rise to meet you or you will be moved out of it mm-hmm. into a relationship or an environment or a job that can match you at that new level. That's how we grow. It's like if you're a plant and you're in a little pot and you look out at all the bigger pots and you're like, why am I not in a bigger pot? Why don't I get to be in the field with those trees? This isn't fair. This sucks. Woe is me. I'm just going to wait until I get my chance. You're going to stay in a little pot. But if you fill out that pot and really dig in those roots and stretch those branches, you're going to get replanted in a bigger pot and a bigger pot and a bigger pot and eventually set free in the field. So that's what I did in this marriage. And at a certain point, there was no longer a match. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the really hard part, because there is all these human constructs that say, this is good, this is bad, this is spiritual, this is not. Mm-hmm. And, and I had to bump into all of that, the shame, the guilt, the sense of failure, you know, the last thing yeah. in the world I ever wanted was to be the man that leaves his family. And yet it became clear, ironically, that if I stay 
in that environment that is so clearly no longer congruent, I was out of integrity with what I was teaching. Because I'm teaching about being true, being authentic, having the courage to follow your guidance and your truth, no matter what the cost. And I was staying there because I was afraid of losing everything. So let, let me let me ask you this, and, and thank you yeah. for, for sharing that. I mean, doesn't, and with all due respect, Ro, doesn't, doesn't that make you an incredibly selfish person? And not just which, you, which, not just you, but I mean anyone who has to live in that way to follow that that truth. I mean, because you're going to hit the wall in anything, and whether it's a job or whether it's a relationship, or I mean, because it's just yes. it's just human nature. So, absolutely. So, what do you say to those who say, "Well, geez, man, you know, the, you, you left a a wife of 20 years and you know kids, and I know it was incredibly difficult for you." I'm not trying to put yeah. salt in the wound there, but how yeah. do we balance? No, okay. How do we balance being seen as that incredibly? selfish person because we have to live our our truth and we create our truth was what it was when we created those kids our truth was what it was when we took that job our truth was what it was when we got into that relationship right so we change as people and then with then then there's there's you know there's there's casualties of of our own growth yes well so here's the thing so the the with the danger of what i'm saying is that people could hear it as Oh, they're not giving me what I need. I'm not happy here. I'm going to quit this job. I'm going to leave this person. And that is not at all. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. I mean, I coach and consult people all over the world on these exact issues. And I I say to them exactly the opposite. I say, you're not going to leave that relationship or that job. Because what's happening is you're leaving because you're in pain, you're uncomfortable, your buttons are pushed, you're not happy. And, and, and you think you're going to go find that in some other job or some other relationship. You're not. And so I, my, my co- coaching is you need, as what I just said, you need to bring more of you to that relationship and job. Like I just said, you need to imagine if you were the person you wanted to be, how would you show up? Because most people in their relationship are not showing up. They're not being true to who they are. They're not speaking their truth. They're not standing for their truth. They're not being as loving as they really want to be because they're afraid of being taken advantage of. They're not being as generous as they really want to be because they're afraid they won't get it back. Mm-hmm. They're not being as excellent as they really want to be because they're afraid they'll be mocked or judged or attacked. And so these relationships and jobs are the place where we practice so that we get strong enough to be who we really are in the midst of these situations where we normally would conform, put our light under a bushel, diminish our capacity so we could fit in, not make people uncomfortable. And here's what happens. I'm not saying leave your relationship. I'm saying don't leave it until you have shown up with all of you, until you are being who you really are and asking that partner for what you really need. And not just asking once, but staying in the conversation and saying, I, this is, I would not be in integrity with myself if I did not ask for and be a stand for a certain quality of connection, you know, uh, work environment, relationship, whatever it is. There's something that is our true vision, and we are absolutely forsaking our true vision so we can keep everything the status quo because we don't want to risk rocking the boat and losing the job or losing the partner or being the guy that left 
etc. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying leave. I'm saying show up more. Mm-hmm. And, could... what hap- and then what happens <clears throat> as you do that, which is what I did, I mean, it was, I was using everything in my being to stay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. at a certain point, as I was taking 100% responsibility, um, you know, giving everything that I was waiting to get and being that and giving it to myself as well, like I said, I became freer and freer, but the relationship itself, the rapport became less and less and less. I love it. So, it went. It, it goes back to that analogy of the radio station. So not just because yes. we're podcasters yes. on the radio, but we it's remembering that we're not just the receiver. We're also the transmitter. So yes. you're talking about showing up and doing better transmission out. And showing up being more of you is going to bring more of you back. Yeah, you know, you just said something really brilliant. I got chills. You made me realize that also in a relationship or an environment, if you change your frequency by coming more and more in integrity to who you are, and you're now broadcasting a more and more true signal, then if that other person is not literally on that same station, eventually you're, it's not gonna, you're not going to stay together yeah. because they're tuned into a different station. So it's not making anybody right or wrong. But here's the thing. Relationships, jobs, every form in our life, there are three kinds of forms, a reason, a season, and a lifetime. Whether it's the form of a relationship, a job, or anything, some things come into our life and they last for just a reason and then they're done. Some last for a season or come back seasonally. Mm-hmm. And others, there's enough growth possibility that they remain for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so, but again, our conditioning, well, how selfish is it of me to allow my life to keep growing and unfolding in the way that it's meant to? Yeah. Well, in fact, it's the opposite. It's selfish to not mm-hmm. let that happen. Um, because it, it, it doesn't allow my part, in this case, my former wife, she was suffering too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now after that separation, we both have fallen in love and are actually getting everything that we had wanted and yearned for, for years. Yeah. I'm, I have never been more profoundly in love than I am right now. Mm-hmm. I've never been seen and met and acknowledged and loved and valued like I am right now. Yeah. And the same for her. Yeah. So That's if awesome. I hadn't had the courage to be willing to be the bad guy and let everything fall apart, we would both still be in a relationship where neither of us were experiencing the joy and the fulfillment that we deeply desired and, and ultimately deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let, let's do this, man, because... Lord knows, uh, we, we'd love to talk to you to the uh, you know to the cows come home here, but unfortunately, we, you know, you're a man in demand, and you're in the middle of uh, a whole bunch of uh, you know things that are super exciting right now. And I want to give you an opportunity to to talk about that. Uh, and, and so, in, in the last few minutes here, just talk about your your current work and, and what it is that you because you just released. Uh, well, you've got a few different things coming up. Obviously, you've got your, your new book, but, uh, but you also just released this. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to direct people towards, well, a couple of different things, but not the least of which is you've got a, uh, a new book, if you will, an e-book, or uh, I guess we'll just call it an e-book for lack of a better term at this moment. Uh, but you just released a, a new e-book that talks about 
Well, it's uh, it's five things, man. And why, why don't you talk about what those five things are, and uh, and let's give folks a chance to to grab that as well. And then, of course, uh, your new book. And uh, just want to give you a chance to talk about a couple of things that are that are very much uh, hot uh, on the plate there right now for you. Absolutely. So um, <clears throat> the the Eeg book or the guide of the five hypnotic wealth spells, yep. I believe you're referring to. Yep, exactly. And there are five hypnotic wealth spells, also called the five abundance blind spots. And we don't have quite the time to go through all of them, yep. but the, the, the basic idea is that we're all hypnotized to a greater or lesser um, you know, degree. And when you're hypnotized, you see things that aren't there, <clears throat> and you don't see things that are there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the, uh, the abundance blind spots or the hypnotic well spells are specific um, hypnotic spells, there's specific areas where we're not seeing the truth, but we take it for granted. Another way I like to say it is, you know, I always talk about um, the unanswered question. You know, we're always trying to seek out the, unan- you know, answer the unanswered question. But we rarely ask is, what are the unquestioned answers? Hmm. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, what are the things we just accept as being fact or true and then we live within that parameter when, in fact, we've never really questioned it, never even maybe thought to question it. And so these abundance blind spots are some areas where we've taken for granted. Like one of them is we're separate from our good and we must get it, achieve it, or attract it, right, which we were talking about a little bit earlier. And the truth is that we are one with it. We are it. We are the source of it. We can't add anything to ourselves. And that may just sound like an interesting little pithy new age, you know, affirmation, but the implications of you waking up from, and in the, in the guide, I talk about what are the signs and symptoms that you believe this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and what is the implications if you started to act like I, everything I already, I'm not, I'm not on my way to something. I'm not on my way to more abundance or wealth or love. I'm coming from it. Mm-hmm. Right, the branch isn't on its way to the tree. The wave isn't on its way to the ocean. The sunbeam isn't on its way to the sun. They're coming from it. We are an emergent expression of these qualities. So when you start to ask that question, if that was true. If I already had whatever I think I'm separate from, how would I feel? How would I start to think? How would I start to show up? And what would I start to do differently? Yeah. And if you ask that sincerely on a daily basis, you're going to wake up to a whole new world of possibilities that you could not see before. And some of the obstacles that were in your way, you are not going to see anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what it means to wake up from a hypnotic spell. So that's one of the abundance blind spots. Another one that's one of my favorites is, um, well, that money and material things are actually wealth. You know, that, well, that are not problem, actually wealth, yeah. That they're not wealth. You know, yeah. that's the belief is that money and material things are wealth and that the truth is real wealth is invisible and it's infinite and it's within you. Just like the Big Bang, there was real wealth and abundance there, but it was invisible and it exploded into everything we call creation. Mm-hmm. You know, or a tree, when it's got all the fruit on it, the fruit is not the wealth of the tree. That's why when all the fruit is gone the farmer doesn't cut the tree down. 
Mm-hmm. The farmer knows it's the invisible process within the tree that transmutes the raw soil into the sap and the flower and the blossom and the fruit, or like the goose and the golden egg. Yeah. It's producing all these golden eggs. They cut it open to get all the gold, and there's nothing in there. It's that invisible process that produces the gold. Mm-hmm. That's what that story is trying to tell us. And we are that goose. We are that tree of life. We have that same invisible process. So again, if you believe dollar bills are wealth, you're going to act very differently because you're now putting your security, your safety, your sense of power, your sense of possibility outside of you in a piece of paper or a coin or a job. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's the real meaning of that, that saying, money, the love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. saying the, the love of the symbols of wealth is the root, is the cause of most of the evil we experience. I got you. All right, and so let's do this. So if you go to reinventionradio.com forward slash Derek, D-E-R-E-K, uh, you'll be able to pick up a, a free copy there of the five hypnotic wealth spells and how to snap out of them. Uh, and we're also going to put a link there to your new book, uh, and I know you've got some bonuses and whatnot that you're including with that. And just one more time in the last 10 seconds here, what is the name of the new book? The Abundance Project. And when you go get it at that link there, you'll get over $1,200 in bonuses, including live coaching support from me to create your own Abundance Project this year. Yeah, man. All right. Well, very, very cool. For Richie Ote and uh, Mary Goulet, who's out doing her volunteer work in the world, and for Derek Rydell, I am Steve Olsher, and really do appreciate you joining us here, Derek. We'll talk to you next time on Reinvention Radio. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com. You were born to do one amazing thing but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're in a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, then the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Olsher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many people get on the right path and clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step to realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting the reinventionworkshop.com today. No more delays. No more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to the reinventionworkshop.com today. That's the reinventionworkshop.com.